Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're live. It is a Thursday morning. Welcome to the Standing Room Spartans podcast with your host, Kevin Parker, who is currently on vacation. So this was actually pre-recorded on a Sunday evening. So uh, if there has been any news, hopefully there hasn't been anything that I'm missing. Uh, if there's any news in the Big Ten about what's going on with the conference schedule, if there's any news with Michigan State about getting back to practice, whatever the case may be. Um, unfortunately, this won't be on the podcast, but uh, make sure you follow on Twitter at Standing Room MSU, and I will make sure I hit on all of that. You can also follow the new Instagram page at Standing Room Spartans. Uh, but today, uh, as I mentioned on Monday, if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do. Um, this week, I wanted to pre-record a couple episodes for you guys to, um, just to make sure we keep the schedule rolling here again. Every Monday and Thursday morning, you will have a podcast ready in the application of your choosing. And uh, I wanted to make sure we give you something here while I'm out. So uh, we're going through all of the MSU records, the single season records, the career records. Uh, Monday, we went through some of the offensive records. So you know, looking at single season or career passing yards, receiving touchdowns, all-purpose yards, um, and, and and giving on a scale from 1 to 10 how likely I think that these records are to be broken. And today we'll go through the defense. Um, now, the defense, of course, statistics, they're, they're a little bit few and far between compared to the offense. So today we only got a couple categories, but we'll go through tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, and interceptions and, and see how likely these records are to be broken. But, you know, before I get to that, I just want to thank you guys all for listening. I want to kind of give you an idea, you know, why I really want, I've, I've been waiting and waiting to get into my season preview stuff. I have a lot of good uh, plans for you. We're going to go through and predict every game, of course. Uh, I've also got some fun over-under type stuff, uh, you know, looking at some player statistics, Eli Collins rushing yards, and and we'll kind of go through all of a uh, bunch of over-under prop bets. Um, I know Scott is planning on hopping back on the podcast. Um, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know, um, Scott's also a contributor at standingroomspartans.com uh, and has been on a few episodes. So he's definitely going to be joining us for 
uh, some of this season preview stuff. I'm hoping to get TJ involved with that as well. Uh, but uh, just a ton of stuff that I'm just waiting basically for the Big Ten to really finalize the schedules. And, and that way we know exactly what we're looking at. Of course, it's going to be a fluid, flexible year. But, you know, at least to have an idea of, of getting something on paper and knowing at least what the plan is would be pretty helpful. So we'll uh, we'll we'll just kind of wait on that. You know, as I'm recording this, we're 34 days out from the scheduled game against Northwestern, um, and there's no news. So we're just kind of sitting and waiting. Um, and as soon as we get any of that information, we'll start dipping into the previews. And then, of course, as the season starts, we're we're really going to start ramping it up. Um, we'll give you, of course, like instant reaction stuff, but I, I got a lot of plans for as the season's playing out as well. You know, it's not going to be just your generic preview and post game kind of stuff. We got some fun stuff planned for you. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you keep telling your friends and family. Uh, you know, it's really exciting to see this grow from from what a couple months ago that this thing started up. You know, of course, if you're a really loyal fan, then you remember from, from last year, the Downtown Spartans podcast, um, I, I was part of a network there, decided to, uh, you know, for, for a couple reasons, um, get out of that. And this year started uh, started up on my own here. So I really appreciate the support. I, re- I really do. You know, as, as we keep getting more interviews, we keep getting more guests on, the, the audience keeps growing and it's really exciting. So, you know, again, keep telling your friends and family. I do really appreciate that. Leave me a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps me out, even if you just want to say thanks, if, if you want to you know, give some feedback, or if you want to ask a question in there. Uh, every question that's asked in the Apple Podcast reviews, I will read off um, live on the show. We'll, we'll give you some my answers. I'll, I'll make sure to do a little research for you as well. And uh, of course, if you have any questions, you can always hit me up on Twitter at StandingRoomMSU. And I'll make sure to get to that. So uh, let's let's jump into this thing here. So again, we're we're going through the defensive individual records at Michigan State, and you know, seeing on a scale from one from zero to ten, I should say how likely these records are to be broken. And we'll start with the most notable one, and that's just your plain old tackles. So the current single season tackle leader is Chuck Bola. That's at 175 tackles in a season. Percy Snow's right behind him at 172. Um, and then the the next highest total, Chuck Bola and Percy Snow are actually tied with 164. So the top four tackle seasons of all time are, are all done by both Chuck Bola and Percy Snow. Um, the, the closest, I guess, recent memory guy is Greg Jones. He's at number seven on the list with 154. So about 21 tackles away, uh, from that lead. Now in the top 20, there's only three guys who are in the top in the two thousands. There's only three guys in the top 20 who played in the last 20 years. So you can kind of get an idea of, you know, how football has evolved from this, you know, linebackers coming into the gap and, and making tackles on, you know, running backs that are running up the middle all the time and and it just being more of a, a simple game and how it's continued to evolve and, and expand to the perimeter and, and teams are, are starting to stretch the field vertically. They're starting to stretch the field horizontally. 
So your your main thumper middle linebackers, they're they're getting a lot of tackles still, but you know, nowhere near what they were getting in the past. And you see that when you go through these. I mean, Chuck Bola, 175 tackles in a season in a 13 game season, which most teams are playing now when you include the bowl game. That would be 13 and a half tackles per game for the whole season. Now, Joe Bocci, our most recent middle linebacker, again, so you're you're looking to top 13 tackles. Joe Bocci had 14 tackles once in his entire career. Max Bola had 14 tackles once in his entire career. So this is something, again, where as the game continues to expand and into the sidelines, down the field, it's becoming a lot more difficult to get a guy that's you know constantly around the ball the way that these guys were when the game was kind of uh, condensed in between the tackles a little bit more. So I'm putting this at a zero. I think there's no way that this record gets broken anytime soon. Uh, again, it's just a matter of the game continuing to expand to the sidelines. And, you know, guys just not it's it's impossible to be around the ball to the same degree that these guys were 20 and 30 years ago. So I just, there's no way, again, you're looking at a guy averaging 13 and a half tackles a game for an entire season. Our most recent middle linebackers who were both great college middle linebackers. Um, they only did this once Riley Bullen never did it. Uh, it's just something where it, there's no way in today's game that this is going to happen. Um, when you look at career tackles as well, I'm putting this at a zero too. I mean, for the same reason, Dan Bass is the current leader at 541 tackles. That's good for if if you were a four year player, that's 135 tackles a season, man. That's again, Greg Jones in his best season at 154. So 135 tackles per year for four years. That's, that's ridiculous, man. Dan Bass up there at 541. Next highest is Percy Snow with 473, so that's a pretty steep drop-off there. Greg Jones up there at number three, 465. And again, when you look at these kind of recent star middle linebackers, Max Bola is about 242 tackles off of the career lead. Joe Bocci is even further away at about 250 tackles away, so... Again, I'm putting this at a big fat zero. There's no way in hell that a linebacker is going to step in and, and put up these numbers because the game's just, again, it's it's not condensed between the tackles the same degree that it used to be. Teams are continuing to to utilize the space on the field and, and take advantage of that. And and so you're looking at DBs starting to get more tackles at, you know, just, just a whole variety of, of offense and and. It's just not possible that these guys are going to put up these numbers ever again. Um, and now we move into the backfield a little bit here. Tackles for loss. Single season record currently as it stands is Julian Peterson uh, with 30 tackles for loss. Now, the, the top number in 2019 in all of college football was 22 and a half. So it just goes to show you how special Julian Peterson was. In his two years in East Lansing, and of course, especially in that 1999 season with 30 tackles for loss, um, Kenny Willickis is second on the list with 20 and a half. So he's he's about 10 off the lead right now. That was in 2018. Danico Salen, 18 and a half. Irvin Baldwin, uh, also 18 and a half. 
So Julian Peterson, 30 tackles for loss, man. That's just absolutely insane. Uh, again, the highest in all of college football in 2019 was 22 and a half. That's not even close, man. So I, I'm putting this at a one. I mean, I guess technically it's it's possible that somebody could get up there. It would take a very, very special season. Um, but I just, no, it's, it's realistically not going to happen. And Julian Peterson, man, who was special, such a special player in East Lansing. And also when you look at, uh, you know, his success in the NFL level, that's something that, um, has really shown through it about just how special he was. And again, it's, it's somebody that wasn't just a, a great college player and, you know, went to the NFL against better competition and, and kind of fell off. No, th- this was a guy that that really exceeded it in Chicago and the NFL as well. I mean, you, you look at, uh, again, that 30 tackles for loss. You look at a guy like Chase Young last year, best defensive lineman I've seen in quite some time. He had 21 tackles for loss. And, and yeah, he missed a couple games, but you're still asking him to put up, uh, you know, another nine tackles for loss in those two games that he missed. So, um, man, that's that's a special season. That's just super, super hard to replicate. So I'm I'm putting it at a one. Basically, no chance. But you know, I guess there's always a shot for another special talent to come around and put up that kind of number. But it's gonna be a hell of, hell of a difficult job. Um, and when we look at the career. Um, again, Julian Peterson only played two seasons. Now, we talked about Charles Rogers in a similar light um, in the last episode where just a really incredible talent that came through East Lansing but only has two years of production. So they're all over the board on these single-season record books. But when you look at the career totals, you know it's hard to do that. But Julian Peterson is still second in program history in, in career tackles for loss. Uh, but the number one spot belongs to our guy, the walk-on, Kenny Willickis, with 51 tackles for loss in his career. Julian Peterson at 48 in just two seasons. Greg Jones, 46 and a half. Danikos Allen, 46. Shalik Calhoun, 44. So this one I'm I'm going to put at a six. I, I think it is quite likely that somebody could put up these kind of numbers again. Um, Kenny Willickis basically had three years of production, three years of starting, you know, production. He had 13 tackles for loss, 20 and a half tackles for loss and 15 and a half tackles for loss. So you're looking at a guy who in three seasons put together one very, very special season with 20 and a half. That's again, Chase Young had 21 last year. So, you know, that's the kind of company you're keeping, but 13, 15 and a half great seasons, no doubt, but um, you know, something that can be replicated, I think. Um, and, and again, it, all it takes is one really special guy who really gets out there at, in his freshman season and makes a big impact. And you can start reaching those numbers, I think. So I, I'm putting this at a six. I, I think it's more likely than not. But, you know, again, I'm not super confident about it because that is a really high number to hit. But again, Julian Peterson damn near did it in two seasons. So you know, it is possible. It just takes a special talent because Kenny Willickis was absolutely that in his time in East Lansing. I mean, we we all seen the, the production that he put up game in, game out, and just a constant force on that defensive line for the last three seasons and somebody that we're really going to miss, man. And so it's it's nice seeing him, 
you know, with, you know, coming in as a walk-on and, and ending his career in the record books as the MSU career leader in tackles for loss. And, and that's a record that very well could stand for a long time. But, you know, if you, if you had to, if I had to put some money down on it, I, I would lean towards saying somebody will top that in the next 20, 25 years. But um, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a tough number up there. So, um, you know, as far as, again, to, just for the context, we're looking at somebody breaking this record in the next kind of generation of college football, the next 20, 25 years or so. Um, so let's let's move on from tackles to loss to sacks. Now, the current single season sack leader at Michigan State, Larry Bethea, with 16 sacks. You have Julian Peterson right behind him with 15. You had three guys that were tied um, in third with 12. Danico Salen was up there with 11. Shalik Calhoun with 10 and a half. Um, so, you know, it's it's a record that stood since the 70s when, when Larry Bethea was out there. And uh, that single season, 16 sacks, was back in 1977. And it's a record that stood for a long time. And, and the reason being is we, we've talked about college football evolving as more of a passing league, but it also comes down to the fact that it's a quick passing league. You know, back in the day, it was a lot of five, seven step drops, play action, and really trying to stretch the ball down the field when you are throwing. And in today's game, you know, David Cutcliffe, he's the Duke head, the current Duke head coach. So he coached Daniel Jones, um, who was a first round pick now in the NFL with the New York Giants. He coached up Peyton Manning back in Indianapolis. And uh, he he has a philosophy that quarterbacks that 2.8 seconds is kind of that magic number as far as when you're when you want to get the ball out. So when you're thinking one 1,000, two 1,000 balls out of your hand, that's really hard for a defensive lineman to to get in there and make a play. So you know we've we've seen some guys do it. I mean, again, we look at Chase Young last year, special special talent. He was the only player in college football with more than 16 sacks last season. So it's something that doesn't happen very often. Chase Young had 16 and a half last year, which led college football. So topping 16 is a really tough ask, man. And again, it's just something that comes down to how quickly these quarterbacks are getting the ball out of their hands. It makes it really hard to make a play in the backfield. So Larry Bethea at 16 sacks in a season in 1977. That's a record I, I think will stand. I'm going to give this a two because, again, Chase Young shows that it's possible that a generational talent could come out there and, and make plays. And Again, he's a guy who missed two games last season um, and, and still put up those numbers. So it is certainly possible for somebody to do that. But, you know, again, that's a guy who was a five-star recruit, freak of nature, type player, you know, second overall pick in the draft. So I really do think in today's football that it takes a, a talent of that level to, to put up some of these numbers and to get into the backfield that quickly. So um, I'm putting this out of two confidence. I, I really don't think it will be broken. But, you know, again, if, if there is a generational type talent that can walk through East Lansing, you know, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, well, we're looking at the career numbers, Larry Bethea, also the leader there with 33 sacks in his career. Uh, Shalik Calhoun, second on that list with 27, so he's back by six sacks. Kenny Willekes right behind him with 26, Julian Peterson 25, 
He had a couple guys over 20, uh, Travis Davis, Kelly Quinn, Robert Smith, uh, all over 20. So, um, again, Larry Bethea, he's, he's, he hasn't played in East Lansing in, in what, almost 50 years now. And he's still six sacks up on the next closest guy. So it's, it's going to be really tough for somebody to come in. I mean, you're asking a guy to come in with three years of production. Um, I mean, 11 sacks per year for three years. And, and again, that's a really tough ask. Again, we're, we're going to go back to Chase Young here because he's the best recent example of just a freak show athlete and, you know, a guy who just put up a ton of numbers. He had 30 and a half tackles in his sacks in his career. So he, he's even under this number. Um, so, I mean, let's, I'm actually curious now if we look up, you know, I know Nick Bosa was hurt for a couple of years, um, at, or a one year, one full season that he missed. Joey Bosa is a guy, you know, obviously out of Ohio state is a top three draft pick. He had 26 sacks in his career, um, playing in three full seasons. So, man, that's a tough number to get in today's, today's NFL or today's college football, excuse me. And so, I'm also putting this at a two. Again, people are just getting the ball out so quickly now. It, it makes it really difficult, even if you are a stud pass rusher, to really get in the backfield at that kind of level. So um, let's move over to the DBs. Uh, interceptions, you have um, the current single season leader in, in interceptions at Michigan State is Todd Crum with nine interceptions. And that was way back in the day. And, you know, obviously football has continued to evolve. But when you're looking at the time that that uh, Todd Crum did this, excuse me, back in uh, 1987, um, it's it's changed quite a bit with, again, more high percentage throws, more quick throws and quarterbacks just looking to get out, get the ball out of their hands into the playmakers hands and with safe, you know, completions when you're looking at the top, let's see, the top 14 guys all played before 1995. Uh, most of these guys are, you have James Ellis in 1951, Lynn Noise, 1947. You have Lynn Chandonoise again, 1949, Jesse Thomas, 1950. You have a few guys in the 80s, a couple guys in the 70s. Um, and it just shows you pretty clearly that that it's a different game now. I mean, David Dowell's up here in, with five in 2017. You have, uh, let's see, Cedric Henry with five in the year 2000. Um, so these are really the only guys that, that are anywhere near that total, and they're still four away um, in, in the recent future so or in the recent past. So it, it's a tough ask. There was one player in college football, or two players, excuse me, in college football who hit nine interceptions. Nobody had more, um, and those were both in lower divisions. So it's really tough, man. I mean, you look at a guy like Derek Stingley from LSU, who, you know, is he was a true freshman last year who started the whole season, and and people are really excited about his talent, saying he's one of the best corners anybody's seen in a long, long time, maybe since Patrick Peterson. He had six interceptions last year. So it's it's just something where if you're a great cornerback nowadays, the, the offenses will recognize that and they just won't throw it your way. So so great corners, it's hard to get a high interception total because if you're doing your job, you're, the quarterback's not throwing your way anyways. So 
Um, it, it's a tough ask. Nine interceptions. I'm putting this at a one. Again, there was a couple guys who who approached nine. I mean, asking you to top it is going to be damn near impossible. But, you know, I guess there are a couple guys who have shown it's possible. But, man, there's just that's a lot of interceptions in today's day and age. So um, now when you're looking at the career numbers, I'm going to put this at a zero. Uh, Lynn Chandenoise, uh, definitely butchering that name, but he played back in the 50s. He's the current leader here with 20 interceptions. Todd Crum, the aforementioned Todd Crum, uh, second on this list with 18. You have Phil Parker uh, up there with 16. Um, as far as the recent guys, I mean, all of those guys are, are from uh, the previous eras, right? Chandonos in, in the 40s and 50s, Todd Crum in the 80s, Phil Parker in the 80s, Brad Van Pelt's up there, played in the 70s. Um, if we're looking at recent guys, again, the leader's at 20. Curtis Drummond with 12. You have Johnny Adams with 11. Darquez Denard with 10. Trenton Robinson with nine. There's not a whole lot of guys that played recently that are anywhere near the top of this list. So I'm going to give this one a one as well. It's certainly possible, I guess, but definitely not likely. That's asking for, you know, seven or eight interceptions a year for a few years, which just, again, it's just not going to happen with today's quick passing with today's high percentage passing it's a tough ask so i'm gonna go with the one there as well now just to run through you know i i got a little bit of time left here i want to run through a couple other records that it's it's really impossible to say because they're kind of quirky um you know looking at some single season records here you have uh, you know some some special teams numbers PAT kicks attempted. That was Michael Geiger in 2014. Again, that high-powered offense with 72. The next highest, Brett Swenson with 58. You see a couple guys in the 50s, a couple guys in the high 40s. So it kind of groups together there. And then a really outlier with Michael Geiger was 72 with the best offense Michigan State probably has ever had in 2014. Um, they were scoring damn near 50 points a game. So I, I think that one's pretty unlikely to to be hap- to be touched. But again, man, it's it's just an offensive game nowadays. And so I guess, you know, there there's always a chance that another MSU team rolls around putting up 50 points a game and and touching those kind of numbers. Field goals made, you have Dan Conroy in 2012 with 23. There's a whole bunch of guys tied with 22. You have Paul Edinger, Brett Swenson, Dave Rayner, Dave Rayner again, and Matt Coughlin all with 22. Paul Edinger is on there with 21. Um, this is a record I hope isn't broken because anytime you have a lot of uh, field goals, it means that your offense couldn't get the job done in the red zone. So um, this is certainly one that I hope isn't broken, but you know, again, uh, is certainly possible because there's a lot of guys that were damn close. So um, hopefully that one's not broken though. Um, you have, let's see, uh, there was a punt return, kick return, touchdowns, um, kick return, touchdowns, single season, Deandre Cobb with three. That was back in 2003. You've had a couple guys with two. You had Derek Hughes, Herb Haygood, uh, Derek Mason, all with multiple kick return touchdowns in a season. 
Um, I mean, the NCAA, the NFL, they're all basically trying to get rid of the kick return if, if they can. So this one's probably safe. I, I mean, it's just something where they, there's very few returns available nowadays, and it just keeps leaning towards a league that's going to try to get rid of that altogether. So I, I think those records are definitely safe. Um, you have, you know, again, a couple quirky ones. Forced fumbles, Jonal St. Deke. Up there in 2007, he had eight forced fumbles. Julian Peterson had six forced fumbles um, in 1999 season. Um, this one that's uh, impossible to predict. Uh, forcing fumbles, it is a skill. Uh, that's certainly true, but it's impossible to predict anybody that's going to that's gonna get up there. Um, fumble recoveries is even more random. <laughs> this is just impossible, really impossible to predict, but... You know, George Chatlos in uh, 1966 with seven fumble recoveries. So right place, right time for George. Tom Croner uh, up there with five, as well as Tom Standall. Um, you have uh, very few recent guys with all these fumble lists. But, you know, again, that's just a matter of uh, right place, right time. It's It's really hard to predict any of those. But um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we hopped on here, gave you some stuff while I was on vacation. So if you haven't already, make sure you go back to Monday's episode where we talked about these offensive records, defensive records today. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if there's any breaking news that happens about the Big Ten schedule or Michigan State schedule or whatever the case may be, follow me on Twitter at StandingRoomMSU. I'll make sure we head on that. And of course, next Monday's podcast, I'll make sure to get into anything that's been mentioned. And I'm, I'm just waiting on pins and needles now to get into this season preview stuff with, with Scott and TJ, hopefully joining me for those. And um, just, just want to give you guys as much content as we can here. So make sure you follow on all the social media. Make sure you guys have yourselves a wonderful rest of the week, wonderful weekend. I really appreciate the support again. Leave a review if you haven't, and we'll see you guys Monday. Take care, folks.